I mean, this is a joke. This is just a joke. You tell me. You tell me what else I'm supposed to say here. Something deep and analytical and intricate? Okay, here's something. Brock McGinn has no points in his past 23 games. He's an NHL forward. He has no points in his past 23 games. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates. Brock McGinn has no points in his past 23 games. And I share that with you before I share that the Penguins lost yet again to the Islanders, this time by a 4-2 count. Yet again, blowing a late lead. Yet again, building absolutely no consistency, even off what appeared to be to the naked eye 40 minutes plus of passionate, caring, invested hockey, up to and including the oddest of sights in this team, actually mixing it up, looking angry, looking energetic. Didn't matter. It never really matters. And the reason for that, oh boy, here it comes again, is that they've got a top six that's carrying their bottom six to such an extreme that the bottom six looks like the Shaler JV by comparison, with all due respect to the kids at Shaler. It's a joke. It's a complete joke. A, that this group was assembled the way it was. B, that Ron Hextall thought it was so worthwhile to assemble the group this way that he put himself into a situation where he couldn't adjust it in any way, shape, or form under any eventuality. And C, this is the one that gets me. And I feel like sometimes a broader point is more powerfully made by sticking with something super specific. Because you can hear a broad point and just go, oh, yeah, he's right. He says they stink. Oh, yeah, they do stink. Okay, well, there's the point. There, There it is. They stink. But when I remind you, and it's been a full minute since I've done this, that McGinn has no points. In his past 23 games, and then I graphed onto that, that he took two minor penalties in this loss. These players are killing this team. That is not scapegoating. It is supported by cold, raw, hard, indisputable data. It is the worst Line in hockey, again, not an opinion. Fortified, look it up. Any metric you choose, the worst line in hockey, not the worst line on the team, not the worst line in the division, the conference, the whole league. And yet, between the two losses over the weekend and this one last night, the only move that was made and this is made at the Mike Sullivan level, was to reunite that line, was to put them back together, happy land, while moving Drew O'Connor, who'd been the only remotely visible member of that line in a good way, 
in the loss to New Jersey and to move him to the fourth line. Now, you can play conspiracy theorist and say, well, they put him there so that he and Teddy Bluger and Josh Archibald could form an actual third line since the numbers don't matter. But the deployment doesn't bear that out. Ice time was about the same. Delegated responsibilities were pretty much the same. They still took defensive zone draws, meaning the Jeff Carter, Kasperi Kapanen, and McGinn line. And they still stunk because they're going to stink. There isn't a slump that they're going to bust out of. This isn't some just uh, pothole that they've driven into. It's a full-blown canyon. And everyone, everyone, everyone outside the organization can see this. I have a really hard time processing that the people inside the organization don't see it, which leads me to believe that this is nothing other than the most abject, glaring, flagrant display of stubbornness I think I've ever seen in covering this franchise for the better part of my life. And that, my friends, is a joke. The general manager who built it and refuses to do anything about it at the personnel level, that's a joke. The president of hockey operations, who was hired on Mario Lemieux's recommendation, principally to address situations such as this, when he sees things below him that don't add up or don't work or egos or stubbornness are getting in the way of things getting done, he's doing nothing. He has bought completely into this. He says the same things they do. He reacts at the same level that they do. And this is a joke. The whole thing is a joke. And Thursday night when the Oilers come into town and Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and all those other dudes are licking their lips to light the lamp all night long against this crew, against that third line, against the many other legit failings on this team, which I believe stem from not having a bottom six. When that happens, you can be damn sure that it's going to be against this exact same lineup. And you know who else knows that? The players do. All of them. There's no accountability. There's nothing coming. This was Chris Letang after the game last night. I mean, you, you have no choice. You know, you have to believe in, in the group that we have. Um, we have a group with tons of experience. Guys that know how to win guys that know how to find ways to win so um you just stick with it eventually we'll, we'll get out of this they know they know it's a joke when we come back j1q Todd Martin, who says, DK, is Mario not involved at all? I thought he was still overseeing things. I'm getting a lot of questions about Mario of late. Here's what I know about Mario. 
he's not around. He made a lot of money in that transaction, the purchase by Fenway Sports Group, and he is currently, and I don't blame him in the slightest, enjoying that money. I don't know the percentage of the franchise he still holds. There's never been an exact definition for what it is that he's expected to do, if anything at all, and I presume it's nothing at all for the franchise. And I further have a really difficult time picturing somebody from the Fenway Sports Group saying, man, we ought to call Mario to see what he thinks of this. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. I can sit here and BS you on that or try to BS you on it and say, Mario's deeply concerned and he's right. No, I mean, he's, he's doing his thing. He put in a lot, a lot of years in ownership and a lot of years, obviously, before that in another role. What I can tell you definitively per your question is that he's not in any sort of uh, required spot to do something about this. But I'm going to take this one further today. FSG has a guy. I don't know his name, but they have a guy who is around the team. It's not obviously John Henry and it's not Tom Werner, but they have a guy. And that guy is there. He's he's visible. To what extent he has any sort of influence or say, or for that matter, know-how when it comes to hockey, I can't speak to that because they don't speak to us. I met once with Tom Werner after the sale. Seemed like a terrific guy. Seemed like somebody you'd actually want around. Somebody you'd welcome having as an owner. But he's 70 years old. He's achieved a lot. He was in the running to be Major League Baseball's commissioner. He's probably got a zillion dollars. And why would he go following a hockey team all over the continent, right? So who do you have left? What you're looking for here when you ask that question, obviously, is someone to take charge, someone to do something. And I'm going to repeat, that's why Burke was brought in. And he was brought in by Mario That was Mario's last major decision as an owner. And if it's working out, I'm not seeing it because I'm not seeing Burke do anything about anything or even say anything about anything. And that was always his perceived strength wherever he's been in Anaheim, Toronto, Calgary. He was always Mr. Bombastic and... You heard what he had to say to me in L.A. last week. I like this group. I like this group. We uh, we need to stop being so inconsistent. (laughs) What's that going to do? If anything, this team's problem hasn't been inconsistency. It looks like that from shift to shift or from period to period because there's only so much you can ask of your very top players. Top players get a little tired of carrying the load. The whole ship goes down. What's consistent is the performance of most of the bottom six, meaning almost all of them. Jeff Carter, Brock McGinn, Kasperi Kapanen. You'd better believe that includes Teddy Bluger now. And when you consistently get absolute zero from them, that's what inconsistency looks like for the group. Burke 
is the one who has to fix that in one way or another. That it hasn't happened already is a joke. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do one of these tomorrow after the Penguins have practice off because that was canceled. Mm-hmm.